Hello, church family and everyone else who's tuned in today. We appreciate all of you, and uh, we're praying that this will be a blessing to you. We're in a new series starting this year, Back to the Basics. Uh, again, I'm, I'm big on basics. I'm big on uh, being able to s actually cycle back. You can't, you can't ever just completely move away from certain things from doing them in a repetitious way having them as, as a part of even daily life. Your daily routine matters. So many people today, I believe, are struggling. They're struggling with depression, um, oppression, all these different types of things that are going on. And, and what, what you'll find with psychologists is a daily routine, doing certain things, making sure that you're getting the right amount of sleep, the right amount of food, all these different types of things, matters. There are basic things that every Christian needs. And so last week we kicked this off talking about these foundational things. They're, they're, they're the basics, you know, that, that we have to have, back to the basics. And we talked about the Word of God and how big a role that that plays. Today I'm going to build on that, but I want to talk about overall Christian growth. I started to title this Discipleship. And yet, what I believe is that as I started studying this, I, I, I captured something. And, and it, this was an interesting thing that, that I saw, is in the Gospels, you see where disciple, being a disciplined learner, a, the, the word disciple or disciples is used over 240 times. You'll see the word church only used in two passages that where Jesus talked about the church. He talked about, you know, to Peter there in Matthew 16, that I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then in Matthew 18, that if you had a situation with other fellow Christians, that, that you could approach them. And if they didn't hear you, took it before the church. So there's, there's, there's only in the Gospels those two times that you see the word church. But as you progress and you start going on, in the book of Acts, you find that the word disciple or disciple is used, disciples, is used 36 times, but church is used 20 times. And then as you start moving into the epistles, you know, that's the letters, so not just the Pauline epistles, but, but all of them, you find that the word disciple or disciples isn't found. Zero. It's not even there. And yet the word church 83 times, or church is 83 times. What happens to that? How does Christian growth actually happen? Well, again, you have to, you have to picture and keep this in mind that in the Gospels, it was all about becoming a Christ follower directly under him and under the 12 that were there that carried into the book of Acts as well. And so that language and, and all, it was, still, it, was still, it was still being held to and they were still moving in that direction. But ultimately, you got to go back to, can you imagine in Matthew 16 when he looked at Peter and he said, I'm going to build my, because right before that he's saying, who do you say that I am? And they're like, well, you know, some saying this, some saying, but who do you say that I am? And Peter was like, well, you're Christ, the son of the living God. And that's when he made that statement to Peter that he was going to build his church 
Can you imagine that this first time that probably these disciples, these Christ followers, heard him say that? I'm going to build my church? What in the world is he talking about? All they knew was synagogue worship. Build a church? What is that? Well, Ecclesia is the called out, called together ones. And when you actually see that in its form being, because all of a sudden the church becomes God's method in the earth. Under, the, under this covenant of grace, the church is God's method in the earth. Do I believe in some parachurch organizations? Yes, but I believe they better be connected to church <laughs> somehow, some way. Governance happens with church because here's what you'll find. As you see this roll out and you see where church, it, it's all about church planting. So Paul is planting churches. Once he goes in, he plants and establishes a church, a group of believers called out, called together, and you see that church start operating, he sets in leadership. He comes back with, with elders, with, with bishops, overseers, episcopal, the, the episcopa, where they oversee. They have a visionary leadership gift on them. You see that there are the Ephesians 4, Doma, the gifts given to men, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And you see that, and, and that's a different word. That Greek word gifts is not charis. It's not the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's not Romans 12 where it's about motivational gifts. It is a gift, a doma gift, which is an oversight gift, a covering, if you will. And these five gifts, it says, are given to the church, to the body of Christ, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So, so I know I'm dumping a lot on you here, but, but this is good. This is where we're headed this year. I believe that we're going to take it up a notch and begin to teach. What does this really look like? Because we got a lot of harem scarum, harebrained stuff going on. A lot of, I believe, false doctrine and false teaching that has been out there. And I believe God is wanting to hit a reset. And we got to bring it back. And what does it look like? Well, it's got to come under the senior leadership of a local church. What does that look like in the, as it rolled out in the epistles? Well, under these ascension order gifts, you see them establishing in these local churches now elders. And so you have elders that are there. Early on in the book of Acts, you see the deacon, the diakonos, the servant of, of natural types of things, you know, serving food and taking care of the widows and and all of that that took place there in the book of Acts as well as it's talked about there in Timothy as well in being able to establish those. Many refer to them as the ministry of helps. And so they're there to serve. But what, do we, where do, what, do we, what else do we see? I believe there's something else that, that we sometimes miss. Disciple or disciples aren't mentioned in the epistles. But there's something other than that that is mentioned, and it's referred to as brethren and saints. Brethren or saints. Brethren, if you track it back into the Old Testament, you'll see that that was still a certain amount of, of mature and leaders that are there for the brethren. And the saints were just general members, and you'll see even that word used members of the body of Christ. Remember, we're all members of his body. Jesus is the head of his church. 
So you, you see that headship that, that's there as the church overall, but every local church has senior headship. The, there's still someone, even though you may have team ministry, someone is being held responsible or taking the lead. So you'll see that, like in the, in, the, in the early church, you'll see where in Acts 20, they're having this discussion. What do we, what do we put on the Gentiles? What's going to happen there? And so there's this gathering that's there in Jerusalem, and these different leaders are sharing their ideas, what they would say. They're speaking into it. All of a sudden, James, who is the set man, he's the head of that local ministry or church, and he then says, okay, here's exactly how we're going to handle this. Form the letter. These brethren are going to take it to the other churches. And so he laid that out and, here's, and made a final decision. Somewhere the buck's got to stop, folks. And there's got to be, so in that, it's just like in the family. In the family, it talks about how the husband is the head of that family. In the Godhead, you have the father that's, the head, if you will, in the Godhead. There, there are certain truths that you'll follow a thread all the way through. And if you try and disconnect it in a certain area and try to keep it in other areas, you have dysfunction. And that's where I believe we're at in the body of Christ in a lot of ways. So we want to come back to have good governance. And good governance, you're going to have to have some true Five-fold ministry, if you will, ascension order gift ministry, the domas of God, Ephesians chapter 4 for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. But they set in elders, so you have eldership that is there, and elders are there, they're mature ones. You have the bishops, you have, you have a certain ability for those to have the ability to see for the local church. Here's what God's saying, here's where he's taking us. And so you have some oversight in that capacity, but you have brethren that are there working among the, probably your deacons and some of the ministry of helps and those individuals that are there functioning, maybe staff members that we would call today and of the brethren. And, and then you have the saints or the members of the local body. Let me read this one passage right here in, uh, in, a, in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, now therefore, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. It says, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Again, this is, this is members of the household of God. You're going to see this word, oikos, this, this family unit that forms. The reality is, as the local church, there should be a, a certain unifying factor that where we're all in this together, we're moving as one as a local body. Now, each church should have that forming themselves, and you should have a life flow. There should, there, there, you're going to have people that, that, that fall out. You're going to have people that move, that transition, that, that that happens, but there should be those that are coming in and they're becoming a part of the local body, not bringing from the outside some foreign doctrine or some other ideology or some, okay, we did it this way, so you got to do it this way. No. Now, do they have a certain element within their heart of, of gifting and things that they can add into this local body? Absolutely. But again, under senior leadership, and the elders, all of this should come under the governance that is established and that is set. 
And when individuals start, because here's what happened. Paul warned their, the elders at Ephesus. He said, there are going to be those that are going to come in and they're going to try and pick off the sheep. There are wolves in sheep's clothing. He said they're false teachers and they're making disciples after themselves. Anytime I see an individual to where it's not about representing the local body and that headship of ministry that's there and they start trying to gather and they're trying to make a disciple after themselves, there's a problem. Again, you go, you go back to here's our mission, vision, values that has come out of leadership have been established. Here's our doctrine. Here's our beliefs. Here's the direction that we're going. Here's our philosophy of ministry. All of a sudden, that creates that local body. That's a healthy church when you have that. You have dysfunction when you have individuals that have their own agenda and they're moving among and creating strife, division, problems. That is an issue. Now, when you see this, he talks about the fellow citizens that, and with the saints. Why? Because we were all strangers. We were all foreigners, if you will. But now we have come into the covenant, the covenant See, this is big. This is big. Covenant. This, this, you'll see this word as we track through. You're going to see a couple of key words as I go on through in these last few minutes. You're going to see some key words. Covenant. And so um, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But here we see that all of this is established. He said, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, whom the whole building talking about the body of Christ, whom the whole building, or the spiritual temple, if you will, is being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God. So that is a tremendous picture of a local church that when that is moving and flowing and working, there is an anointing that comes from the presence of God when you gather and that's a corporate anointing. That's it's, it's totally different from an individual anointing. And you see that that uh, that Paul talked about this, and he taught this actually in Galatians, and he talked about the moving of the Spirit that is among us, and and he said he uses a, there's a Greek word that's used there. He said it should be like an epikoriega, a choreographed, something that is orchestrated that is just completely done by the Holy Spirit. That's why I have an expectation that we are all in the things of the Spirit together, moving together. It's not about, well, what do I want to do this Sunday? When I'm looking at series, when I'm looking at messages, I'm cautious in the fact of I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just looking for a burden to preach, but I'm looking for direction from God and by His Spirit to help us track along in this so that there is a true process of growth that takes place. Growth of individual Christians, of, of those that are believers, but also overall the local church, there should always be growth happening. How does growth happen? In Acts chapter 2, you see early on where the book of Acts, they're there and they're talking about this. Um, Peter is preached, there's an outpouring. I mean, he, and he preaches such a message that the, that the people there, they said they were cut to their heart. I mean, just holy conviction that was there. And out of this, 
you know, they're wanting to know, okay, what do we do? You know, what are we going to do? And Peter says in verse 38 of chapter 2, he said, repent. So you're turning from something to God. And he said, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So there's something that happens when you're laying your old man to rest and you're coming through the waters of baptism. That's not just some just outward, hey, I did it, you know, I stamped me, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got my, my baptism badge. No, it is a spiritual process, a, a, a work by God's Spirit when you follow Him in the waters of baptism. The old man is laid to rest. You are resurrected in newness of life, resurrection life. Read Romans chapter 6. It'll help you with that. And then he says, and receive the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, the emphasis right here for the beginning of the launch of the early church is the, is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We can't do this on our own. It, the things that God has called us to, to do are beyond us. It's going to take His super getting on our natural. It's going to take us moving in spiritual things to accomplish the things that God has for us to do in the earth. That's why it's not a religion, it's a relationship. And it comes by each one of us learning and growing in the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit of God moving us together as members of a local body in a local church setting. He says, For the promises to you, to your children, to all who are far off, as many as the Lord will call. <laughs> I love that. That, that okay, this, this is happening right now, but this is perpetual. This is going forward. And so he talks about these things. And then verse 40 says, With many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Wait a minute. With many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. But he didn't go into that. He didn't tell us what he said. Have you ever felt that somehow you were on the outside of a conversation and, and you didn't get to hear what was going on? You know, we, we've just had, you know, a, there's, there's some playoff games going with football. I know some of you, especially ladies, you can't stand football. But, uh, but, but just stick with me for an analogy here. Instead, you, I'm sure you've watched it and the national championship just happened. And have you ever watched where you're, you're, you're seeing them gather into that huddle and you know they're having a, a play that's being called. They're having conversation basically of a plan of something that was laid out. But we don't get to hear it. As we're sitting in the, in the stands, we're fans, and we're, we're, we're on television, we're looking at it, we're on the outside looking in, and we're wondering, okay, what was said? Well, all you got to do is watch the play. And then they execute, and they put it into motion. And I believe that's exactly what happened here. Even though with these other words, he exhorted, he testified, he said, here's how you're going to get saved from a perverse generation. Here's how your life is going to be different. And then he goes into it and he talks about in verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Again, goes back to that leadership. Teaching, that's what that doctrine, the word doctrine means. Fellowship, koinia, that, that, that word covenant, that word koinia, it's... It's, it's where our lives, we're, we're, we're in this together. We're doing life together. It's about building community together. And in breaking bread and in prayers, and that word prayers is, is a broader word, really has to do with our worship, corporate worship. And from corporate worship, you'll have prayers, 
But it's so it's not about a supplication kind of prayer or a petitionary kind of prayer. This is about a worship that takes place as we do this together. So we, we and again, I've already talked about the word of God, the significance there and how that works. Where I want to just finish up right here is that our, our fellowship is so vital. If we in a local church setting don't commit to do life together, we're not going to grow at the level that God has for us to grow. There's just something that happens. I was visiting with an individual that has been in this for many, many years. And I won't go into how they are or any of that, but they're getting up there. It, many years. And they made this statement. They said, when I look back over my life, some of my greatest moments of growth always happen when I was involved in some group meeting. Whether it's a Bible study meeting, a small group meeting, uh, some weekly fellowship, that Christian growth happens when we are doing life together. God created it that way. And if you think you and Jesus got your own thing going, like the old country western song, you're fooling yourself. You're deceived. God designed us to be the body of Christ and bring that down to a local level to where we are members and we need one another. We can't do this alone. And so each one of us has a different role, a different part, a different substance to give and to share. And as we do that, Ephesians 4 says what will happen is, is that all of a sudden the body of Christ begins to edify itself in love and there's growth that happens in that. But if we are apart, we suffer from that. That's why I believe this, this whole pandemic thing was nothing more than a demonic attack and assault and when you, against the church, against the kingdom of God. When you look at everything throughout, throughout the world and, and some of the oppression, the, the tyranny, the, the, the uh, communist rulers, and some, what they have used this to do is, is just atrocious especially to Christians during this time. And so the persecution and all these things, it's, it's elevating. It's on a rise. Now, a lot of times what that does is it, it'll drive Christians, true Christians, to start coming together. And they start forming greater strength in relationship when those things begin to happen. And, and sometimes you find out who's really in and who's really not. You know, who's, who's just playing games or on the outside and just going through motions, and who really have, have, has the heart of a true Christ follower that are coming together, that are becoming members of one another. And so we're all about seeing the local church being the local church, and we're taking it to the next level. We're going to continue to teach on this, and then we're going to begin to plant more churches, not just here stateside, but we're going to plant churches internationally in other countries. We're already involved in this. We're building a strategic plan for it. We believe God's called us to do that. And so we're moving in that direction. But as you think about what should happen for your life in Christian growth, you've got to think in terms of small group. You've got to think in terms of doing community, life together with others. And, and I know right now with, with some of the things that are going on, that, that still has to be at least by Zoom right now. You know, FaceTime meetings, different, different types of things. But even for us, for the Life Church, we're launching 
our small groups, our men's groups and some other groups are going to be um, up and going. And, and again, we're going to make them available through Zoom meetings and, and just the ability to still connect even if they can't meet in person. And, and uh, we believe that you'll still get some gain out of that. And I believe that we're going to have a tipping this year for 2021. We're going to get past this. And, uh, and again, we're going we're gonna to see real breakthroughs happen. And so we'll be able to come back and begin to meet and truly fellowship together. Is there precedent in Scripture for home meetings? Absolutely. All the way through. Jesus, if you look... A huge part of his ministry wasn't just in the synagogue, wasn't just out, you know, on the hillside or on the in the boat, but it was in people's homes. All through the Gospels, it is laid out where he was in those homes doing ministry. And you see the same thing um, as it rolls forward. You'll see it in the book of Acts where it talks about in Acts 20, 20, 20 21. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish with this. It says how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed to you. So here's Paul speaking. But I proclaimed to you and taught you publicly. So is there public gatherings and meetings? Absolutely. And from house to house, meeting in homes and having that kind of interaction is, again, some of the highest growth that will happen in your life. And again, the other parts of that is you'll build good, strong, healthy relationships. And from that, if there's areas of need, you know who to call because you've got other brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ. There's certain words that are universal. And the brethren are there that you have come in connection with, you're building koinia with, and you formed an oikos, a family group. See, that God wants us to understand that. Those words, I believe, are, are purposeful. They're, they're significant. They're not just words on a page. He used specific words in specific passages so that we would understand the depth of those things. Oikos, household of faith, our family unit, if you will, of what does that look like, as well as the koinia that should take place you know, to where there is true fellowship that's going on, the interchange and, and exchange that's happening. And so we see this. And he says, I taught you from and publicly from house to house, testifying to the Jews and also the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, repentance toward God. So you're turning from something, but you are turning to something, to the Almighty God. And that there is a strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Man, I tell you, this is, this is good stuff. And I'm just believing for the depth of this as we continue to go through it to, to really help us as we begin 2021. Again, again, it's the words we speak, the, 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 the declarations, but it's God's strength that we begin to do what he's called us to do by his grace. As we shift now, we're going to move into a time of, of worship. We're going to move into a time to where our hearts are just open and to be receptive to him. And if there's some things, maybe, maybe there's some commitments you need to make. Maybe you have not, uh, you know, been a part of the body of Christ really the way God's called you to be. You've not submitted under certain leadership. 
you're, you're still bucking the system and you're, you're, just, you're just kind of a rebel and just on your own. That's not of God. Being a, in a healthy local church body with good leadership that, that's there, that loves and cares for the members, for the body of Christ. For, that, you know, you've got shepherds that, are, that care for sheep. And that's, as long as that's happening and it's not some tyranny and some kind of terroristic thing that's going on and, and oppressive, it's a, it, listen, you've got to submit in that and you've got to allow them. You know, I love the way Hebrews talks about it. Peter talks about it, that those leaders, they care for us. See, even I have a pastor because they watch out for our souls. All of us have blind spots. All of us have, have things that we don't see. I'm talking to someone, and you need a local church body with good godly leadership that begin to help you move through that process and have good, strong, healthy growth in Christ. Man, as we shift to worship, if you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, please do. If you need to make a commitment, please do. If you have any needs, contact our church. You can, you can email us there. We want to pray with you. We want to help you. But we care about you. Until next week, God bless you.